0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. I hope that y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and what, whatever part of the day you're in. I appreciate y'all joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. I will, I will try and use it wisely. For those of y'all that continue to Share the podcast with other people, tell them about it, help it to grow. I'm incredibly grateful and humbled by that. Thank you, Lord, for a little bit of time to sit here and talk, hopefully help. help us to draw a little bit closer to you and help our nation just a little bit. And thank you for the people that listen. I don't have a whole lot to report, folks. Still a little under the weather, so if I'm still sniffling, (laughs) I apologize. that's about it. We're theoretically going to get down into the 60s, which is chilly for this part of the world. It's going to get a little cooler. One can only hope. We're going to do some more on oaths in America, and I think I promised y'all on the last episode that I would go find that quote from... Just a story. So, here it is. This is from his commentaries on the Constitution, and in particular, he's talking in this section about freedom of religion. Probably at the time of the adoption of the Constitution, and of the amendment to it, now under consideration, the general, if not the universal, sentiment in America was that Christianity ought to receive encouragement from the state so far as was not incompatible with the private rights of conscience and the freedom of religious worship. An attempt to level all religions and to make it a matter of state policy to hold all in utter indifference would have created universal disapprobation, if not universal indignation. So what he's saying here is at the time of the Constitution, the people would have been in an uproar, but probably to the point of not ratifying the Constitution, if they felt like the First Amendment was trying to say that all religions were equal, because they're not. Christianity is what founded this country; it's what our founders believed in, and they knew. And not only he says here, this is this is the thing. I mean, it's all earth-shattering compared to what we hear today. We've been taught for so long that the First Amendment means that all religions are equal, which it doesn't. But that's what we've been taught in schools now for so long and and forced to subsidize with taxpayer money that kind of public education that all of this is shocking. But he said that, that our founders... would have been upset at the attempt to level all religions, meaning make them all equal. They would have been horribly upset at the attempt of the state to be indifferent to all religions. They knew, as it said earlier, as he said, just a story, and this, this is one of our great Supreme Court justices from early on, folks, who knew just a little bit maybe about what the Constitution in the First Amendment, what the intention really was, that Christianity ought to receive encouragement from the state, as long as it wasn't incompatible with freedom of religion of others. And, And this all goes back to the individual folks and the individual relationship with God. And if we don't have that individual relationship with God, then the state can't. And, and they knew that they knew that if the state didn't if the individual didn 't support Christianity, then the state couldn 't, and if the state didn 't then our republic wouldn 't last and when i'm when i 'm saying state there folks i 'm talking about America as a country not not one individual state, although that 's certainly true, that was included <clears throat> and just just unbelievable that we 've allowed ourselves to be duped hoodwinked, tricked, whatever, whatever you pick your word into believing that this was not founded as a Christian republic. Right, and this isn't really about the oaths. We'll get into them in just a minute. We're gonna go through a few more today because it gives such a such a great picture of of how much our founders actually believed that America was a Christian nation. And how important God was to our founders, how personal God was to our founders, how real that relationship was to our founders and and how much the left has pushed over the last 80 years or so. A complete lie that's really folks, I, I can't emphasize this enough each episode. Rejection of God is where everything has spawned from. It's where every possible evil that the left pushes has come from. And it doesn't matter. We can elect Trump. You know, there's all this uproar right now about Oz and Pennsylvania. We can elect whoever we want, wherever we want. But if we don't turn back to God as individuals in a nation, it doesn't matter. We can have the best foreign policy in the entire world. The best fiscal policy in the entire world. And if we don't have God as the bedrock of our republic, it's all for naught in our individual lives. And this is what I said I was going to get sidetracked on for just a minute. Y'all indulge me. I was talking (laughs) to my father, no less. And we were talking about how and we've talked about this on this podcast with with the British citizens in the 1930s and the parallels there. But we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. We, we don't want to see what's really going on today. We just want normal and we want to be left alone. And as long as we get to do normal, then we're okay. So we think. You know, we think we're healthy. There's a New Testament verse. I should have looked that up. I didn't realize I was going to get in on this. So, And it talks about how so often we think we're healthy. We think we're in good shape. But really, we're we're desperately sick on the inside. We think we're dressed in all these fine clothes. But our soul, our lives are really dressed in rags. And it's because we don't want to acknowledge the sickness. You know, if we, if we can go watch our kids play sports on the weekend or during the week for a few hours, if we can watch our TV show at night, if we can have our, our, our drink that we look forward to each day or get to read that book that we like or if we can work out for that one hour a day or, or whatever it is, You know, buy that one thing that we really want. If we can do that, then we think everything's okay. And that's why we're headed to the train wreck that we're headed toward, folks, because we're really sick as a nation. But we don't want to acknowledge that. We don't want to change the way we live. We don't want to change our priorities. We want to sit in front of a screen. We want to be entertained, just like the British did, even up through the mid to late 1930s. And there's a price coming, folks, for that. There's a price. We, we especially as Christians, we confuse Jesus Christ, the, the eternal forgiveness of God through faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior which he is, I feel like I need to throw this in every time. Because I'm getting way off. I apologize. Maybe sometimes this is what we need on the podcast. Uh, I had a pastor in Hawaii. Uh, when my wife and I were early married. We went to, and he had led a pretty rough life before coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And he said, when he finally turned it, his pastor would do an altar call. And as he did that altar call one week, this pastor of my wife and mine, he, he stood up finally, that wasn't that first time, raised his hand and said, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God. He's my personal savior. He died for my sins on the cross. I repent of my sin and seek God's forgiveness through his son. That he died and rose on the third day. And uh he said, Man, there were just tears pouring down his, his cheeks. This huge, you know, watershed moment. And uh went away, came back the next week. His pastor did an altar call again. You know, anybody need to stand up and confess Jesus Christ? It's at the end of service typically. He stood up again. <laughs> I believe in Jesus Christ, whole nine yards, right? And he said he did this for about three or four weeks. And finally somebody pulled him aside and said, hey, hey, you know, this is great, but you know, you only have to do it once. And he said, yeah, but he said, I just want to make sure, really sure that God knows. I want to make sure it sticks. And uh, I feel that way often, folks, so. I say it again, I I want to make sure that God knows that I'm telling other people that I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, and that I accept Him as my Lord and Savior, that I'm a sinner, that I repent of my sins, and that I seek His forgiveness through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, who died and was raised from the dead. At any rate, that story always makes me smile a little bit. Maybe maybe we got off track today because somebody out there... One of y'all needed to hear one of those stories. I like the pastor's version a lot better than mine. I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. I can remember the church in Hawaii, though. It's a beautiful little church. We'll get going. We're going to see how far we can get on some of these oaths. I think, hope, I remember where we left off. Let's see. The last one we read was one by Oliver Wolcott, who was a signer of the Declaration. John Quincy Adams, President. The Constitution had provided that all the public functionaries of the Union, not only of the general federal, but all of the State governments, should be under oath or affirmation for its support. The homage of religious faith was thus superadded to all the obligations of temporal law to give it strength. So he's saying this oath to God was by default added because it was required for Supreme Court justices, for the president, for governors, which is true, folks. You know, all of this, we talk about God's, people like to say, well, God's not anywhere in the Constitution. Well, okay. Maybe implicitly or explicitly, whichever one it is. But it talks about the Christian Sabbath. Or, you know, the, the, the requirements of the Christian Sabbath the taking the day off on the number of days. The oaths required all go back to God, the father of Jesus Christ, putting your hand on the Bible, raising your right hand. Everything goes back to God, folks. And again. It was so prevalent, like Justice Story said, it was so, it so permeated our society at the time of the Constitution and the ratification of the Bill of Rights, that our founders didn't feel the need to say it, because that's what everybody was. (laughs) President Washington, farewell address. Where's the security for property? For reputation. For life. If the sense of religious obligation. Deserves the oaths. So if we take God out of our oaths. We have no security for property. No individual property. We lose our reputation. Because we're obviously liars. And our life. We become. Forfeit. Slaves. James. Erdell, ratifier of the Constitution. According to the modern definition, 1788, of an oath, it is considered a solemn appeal to the supreme being for the truth of what is said by a person who believes in the existence of a supreme being and in a future state of rewards and punishments. Rewards for what we do right, folks. Punishments for what we do wrong. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, the punishments are always going to outweigh. Or I should say they're always going to be more than we can carry on our own. Because none of us is perfect. There was, and I won't go through, but if you you purchase this Founders Bible, there's a great little section on the exemptions they made for the Quakers. Because the Quakers really held to the Bible verse about don't swear either in heaven or on earth, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. Uh, But even that reinforces the Christian nature because the founders allowed this exemption for the Quakers based on Christianity. couple of quotes from this section in the Founders Bible. In a legal setting, however, an oath not only reminded individuals that they would answer directly to God, but also provided a legal course of action if perjury was committed. That is, if someone did lie under oath, they were subject to specific criminal laws. <laughs> so not only did our founders acknowledge we were talking to God, but they wanted to make sure that people realized that they were and that if they lied, that there would be consequences for those lies. Jesus commanded us to be simple truth speakers and let our yes be yes or no no that's what we've talked about before. You see how much time I've got left, folks. Got a little bit. We'll go through. A couple quotes from Washington in his inaugural address. It would be peculiarly improper to omit in this first official act my fervent supplication to that almighty being who rules over the universe, who presides in the councils of nations, and whose providential aids can supply every human defect that his benediction may consecrate to the liberties and happiness of the people of the United States, a government instituted by themselves for these essential purposes. No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have been advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. And we ought to be no less persuaded that the proprietors' favorable smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. This was the closing prayer at the end of this Washington's address. I shall take my present leave, but not without resorting once more to the benign parent of the human race in humble supplication that his divine blessing may be equally conspicuous In the enlarged views, the temperate consultations, and the wise measures on which the success of the government must depend. (laughs) We'll go back and talk about Washington's speech more in depth and and the actions that surrounded it at some point. It's really phenomenal. I'm going to read one more real quick. This is Oath and Enlistment. I've kept kept with me since I was in the Marine Corps. I, state your name, whoever you are, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to the regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me, God. All of this goes back to God, folks. All of it. Again and again and again. Uh, You know. If we don't acknowledge God, as President Washington said, if we don't adore him, then we're going to lose everything. And we need to remember that, remember where our blessings come from and turn back to him as a nation. And remember that that our country was absolutely founded on his principles. And listen to these quotes of these founders, these people that were there at the Constitution when it was ratified, that were part of crafting the First Amendment, like Fisher Ames, the first president, his inaugural address. And, And folks, you have to understand that all of this was a Christian frame of reference. You know, you go back to Washington's prayer book, we'll go back to that sometime and read his personal entries, his appeal to God, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and understand that we were, as President Wilson said, absolutely born a Christian nation, and we can't function. Without that, regardless of what's coming down the road, folks, if we don't turn back to God as the bedrock of our country, we're not going to survive. Whether we have a fight coming or not. Whether we go down the road toward socialism, communism or not. The, the future happiness and security and peace of our nation rests on whether we turn back to God or not. And at some point we're going to have to realize that that's, that's going to mean that some people are going to want to be part of that. And some people aren't. And there's, you you can't coexist there. You can't reconcile. There's going to have to be a break. I'll leave y'all be. Sure do appreciate y'all. Give me a little bit of your time. God bless y'all. God bless America. God bless your families. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.